guys ready to talk about some of uh, our values at, at New Song? In fact, I'm actually going to start off with the conclusion of my message just to kind of set the table. Isn't that, that's kind of cool, okay? We're going to do this backwards. So uh, we are a value-driven church. We're not part of a denomination, so there's not a, a way of doing things or there's not a hierarchy uh, and we're not op- opposed to denominations in any sense, but there's nothing dictating to us how we do church. The only thing is, is that our, our, our value systems, the, God, the values that we feel Scripture focuses on, we are going to focus on. And one of those, uh, and it answers the question, a value answers the question, why do you do uh, what you do? And why is it that you do what you do the way that you do it? And that is really what a value does. It answers the question of, of why. And one of the big things, this is straight off of our webpage, uh, one of the top five in this is missional, and I'd like you all to read this as we uh, show it up here, okay? So missional, we, you guys, yeah, that's a we, uh, are all created for mission, to proclaim and demonstrate the good news of Jesus in our day-to-day lives, and to consistently lead other people into God encounters. We desire to bring Jesus to people. Now, there's a slight difference between bringing people to Jesus and bringing Jesus to people. All right? You can bring people to Jesus, nothing wrong with that. But we're just saying there's, there's a, a reason we're kind of putting it that way. But this up here, this uh, value that we have is really just our personal uh, mission statement. It's just personalizing the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is really the mission statement, the value for every church but this, is, this has our own little flavor to it. And there's uh, the Great Commission. How many times is the Great Commission listed in Scripture? Somebody want to take a guess? There's four Gospels. So there's four times. And then it's also listed in the book of Acts, right? So there's five times that it's listed. We're going to focus just on one, Matthew, and it may be the best-known version of it, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We good? All right. Okay, Matthew 18, uh, 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, okay? This is the big context that that Jesus wants us to keep as we are following and looking at this mission of Jesus. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we believe at New Song that, that, that Jesus has an expectation of us. And the expectation is this, and we can show it up on the board, I think I've got it, is that our lives uh, would be centered on going and making disciples. We believe that this is the expectation that Jesus has for every, uh, every believer, that we would go and that we would make disciples. And just as we have experienced the life changing and transforming power of uh, the good news that we would go ahead and that we would proclaim and demonstrate the good news. So this is important. We'll see that Jesus did it a a lot of different ways. But Jesus was always about proclamation and demonstration. 
This is the gospel, a proclamation and then a demonstration. He would say the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then he would go and demonstrate uh, that reality. So what does it mean to proclaim and demonstrate? Well, the proclaimed stuff is, is pretty easy. Uh, we can all qualify for those that can say, hey, I encountered Jesus Christ in a personal way, and my life was never the same. That's pretty much it. If you look at the guy, the, uh, the man who was possessed by demons, the legion in, in Gadarenes, he didn't know the four spiritual laws. He hadn't been to Billy Graham's uh, cove to, to study evangelism. He didn't have a track. He didn't have all of that. But as he got healed and delivered and radically changed, so much so that it freaked out like an entire community, and he wants to follow Jesus as Jesus is headed to the next town. And Jesus says, no, wait, you, you hear and you evangelize. So he gets turned into an evangelist, right? Now, I don't even know, like, how much scripture he knew. All he knew is that Jesus had touched him, and he was radically and completely different. And that qualified him, at least in Jesus' mind. So that's it. The proclamation is, is the gospel, the good news. Jesus has touched me. He has encountered me. I've encountered him. My life is completely different. And the other is to demonstrate. So what does that look like uh, to be able to demonstrate the kingdom or the, the, the gospel? And we find that like in Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 9. It says, Jesus, uh, let's see, said this, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. Or Luke chapter 11, verse 20. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom has of God has arrived upon you. So when people are delivered, when people are healed, this is a good way. And I thought about it. You know, we pray for a, a lot of people, and a lot of people get healed here. A lot of people find deliverance and spiritual growth, all of those things. But I don't know if I actually, like, tell people, like, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Like, I, I think it's great to do good, good news, good things. But wouldn't it be cool, and this is a, one of the things I want to instill in our culture, like, hey, well, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Like, there was this understanding back then for Jesus' followers that it wasn't just like, hey, oh, that's cool, well, God did it. But it's just like, no, the kingdom of, of heaven, the reign and rule of God has, has come in your midst and changed your lives. And I believe that what Jesus is looking for is that we would realize that when we said yes to Jesus and said yes to his mercy and forgiveness and his grace, we said yes to his mission. Ah, okay. I don't know. Like when I got saved, I, don't, I didn't sign up for any mission. Like you already signed me up for serve day or for <laughs> clean teams. And you want me to serve at work? I didn't sign up for the mission of, of Jesus, right? I just wanted to get more comfortable. I needed a little bit of help in a relationship. I was kind of making a mess of my life, so I needed uh, to, to get it kind of cleaned up, or I needed a couple of extra percentage points on the bottom line of my business. So I thought, hey, this works, or I was dating somebody that went to church, and so I went along with it. You know, it wasn't so bad. But no, I'm saying that when you said yes to Jesus, uh, personally, in a way that you said yes, that transformed your life, and that's the only type of yes that matters. That you signed up for the mission of Jesus. 
you might say, well, duh, that's what evangelists do. I have the gift of receiving. And some of us, some of us do. Particularly if it's banana pudding. When I discovered banana pudding, it, it released this, the gift of receiving that I have. I didn't even know I had it until I took my first bite of banana pudding about 10 years ago in the South. And I was like, I got the gift of receiving right here. At least for this particular thing. But usually we freak out when we hear about uh, mission because it thinks uh, that we're going to go thousands and thousands of miles for a long time to a, a third world country. But I want to tell you what we're going to talk about today, that most often when Jesus would say, like, come and, and follow me, he was really just uh, saying, like, simply, like, hey, walk across the room. Now, go to the cubicle next door, like, hang around a little bit extra on, on, in your day-to-day -day life. Just start looking for the opportunities to uh, share and dem to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom and love on people and tell them why you did it. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. So the bottom line is you've been sent. Yeah, tell your neighbor. You've been sent. You've been sent. So that's part of what we're going to do. I don't even know if it's a word, but we're going to, today, I believe what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to, to magnify the truth that we are sent. So our, our sentness, we want to like, uh, we want to embrace it, we want to discover it, we want to realize it more and more because it's true, like Jesus has that expectation. I am absolutely convinced that uh, that's what he meant, that it was not just for the 12 because then it was for the 72 and then it was for like everybody and then it was for all who believe would do these pretty awesome things for the kingdom and today we do the same thing. So what does, this, uh, what does this look like? And I think we'll look at uh, Matthew 10, verse 7. We can get an idea, 7 and 8. It says, as you go, so this is the, the game plan here, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Or you, some of your verses might have, uh, ha is upon you or is at hand. Uh, cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give Without payment, or it might, you might, the version is like, freely you've received, freely we give. But you've received without payment, so you give without payment. And there was the two things that we can see in the scripture verse that he was giving. One is that he was, Jesus' followers would give the very, very, and carry with them the very presence uh, of God. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand because the kingdom is within you. Isn't that awesome? I don't have a scripture verse for that one, but it's in the Bible. It's, it's true. The kingdom of God is, is, is in us so that we take, we are carriers of the kingdom wherever we step our foot. And in his presence, we would go. And that's the thing that, that Jesus said in the previous scripture verse that we looked at. He said, yeah, go and make disciples to all nations, and I will be with you. Uh, surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. So here's how it works. We go, and Jesus promises that his presence will go with us. Some of, and, and this is the way it works. Some of us are looking, and we're saying, oh, I'm not having a season where I feel all that close to, to Jesus. I'm not experiencing the presence, his, 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 his voice, his, 
his words, his, his guidance, his comfort. I want to tell you, you, if you begin going and making disciples and just in your day-to-day lives, again, doesn't mean that you have to go 4,000 miles to a third world country. Like, just where you're at in your everyday life, what you're, with the places that you're already going, right, just do it in a, in a different way. And I want to tell you, then you will experience the very presence of Jesus with you as we Go. This is the same thing. I'm going to show you a couple more scripture verses. So it's, it's grace that we're giving. Grace we've received, right? We didn't pay anything for it. And it's grace that we released without uh, any payment. The other thing was uh, salva- uh, mercy. So they extended uh, mercy, salvation, and forgiveness. So freely we've received, like we didn't pay anything. And just as if we, as though, just because we've received without payment, we give without payment. We've received without payment, so we give without payment. And most of us would say um, this, and here's another, another truth I want to point out before we go any further. The ultimate purpose of grace being uh, given and gr- grace expressed in your life is not the salvation of one. The very purpose, the price that was paid on the cross Uh, For you personally, and as you experience that personally, is not for you and for you alone. The grace of God is expressed and poured into a life that the whole world might know him and be saved. Okay, so that's what the premise is here. It is for one, but actually it's not. It's much bigger than that. It is always for the sake of the world. We are blessed to be a blessing we experience grace that we could release grace or express grace in our lives to the world. So we would say, well, that's true. I would never take a payment for grace and for mercy. And it's true. We would never walk around and we'd get out our cell phones and then we'd have the little square attachment. And we'd put it in and say, well, I want to give you some good news. I want to pray for you. I want to ex- express some kindness, so let me have your credit card. Okay, let's swipe. Mm. Oh, this thing's always sticky, you know. Uh, they never work. But anyway, you, they put it through a few times. Finally, it takes it. Okay, all right. It finally went through. Let me tell you about the good news of Jesus. So we would never try to take a payment that way, but we do uh, demand payment sometimes in this, and that is we'll give you like part of the good news, uh, kind of a down payment, but you have to get cleaned up before I'm really going to give you uh, everything that God's given me and release it on your life because you're still kind of a mess. We withhold uh, payment when we say, hey, you've got to kind of think more like me. Like I have this political view or I have this cultural bias. So unless it's like me, I'm, I'm going to just kind of hold back a, a little bit. We don't do that on purpose. But we got stuff in us that that's just the fruit of, of what happens. Or you don't worship the way that we do. So I want to examine that. So we received without payment, so we give without payment. Is that like pretty biblical? Does that make sense? And we are, every heart here has grabbed a hold of that and say, yep, that sounds like uh, the truth. So let's examine this thing that says, I never signed up for a mission. And there's some places you, you may have signed up. I want to tell you, if you heard something different, I'll apologize right now. But this is the gospel. This is the message of Jesus. This is how grace works. It's, it's for a life, but it's not for one life. It's for the whole entire world. So let's go back. And now a lot of times if I want to find out the truth, 
And if I want to get like the, the straight scoop on something, I go back to the start. I go back to the genesis of something so that I can really understand so it didn't get tainted or distorted along the ways. I'm going to go right to the source. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and let's read out of verses 27 and 28. And it says this, so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God blessed them. So let's follow this train here. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So, we'll, so this is the way it went. God created man and woman, that verse. Then the very next verse, there's not, there's some, I don't know if there's anything that happened in between, but the record doesn't show there was anything. He creates, God creates us and mankind, Adam and Eve, and he gives them a mission right from the start. There's no waiting time. There's no you got to prove it. It's just straight there. God creates and God blesses them. And so does that make sense? So I make that connection right there. And then the other part that we have to get, not only does he create us and he blesses us, but part of that blessing is a mission. God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. So mission, God's people have always been a people uh, of mission. So let's look further into the book of Genesis and let's look at Abram. It's before he became the same guy that's going to be Abraham in a little bit, a few more chapters, right? But this is it in, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, and this is the great promise uh, that we are living out uh, today. And that is, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I, and this is, catch this, I will bless you, and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless you, and make you famous, and you will be a blessing uh, and I will, let's see, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. And listen, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. We are part of that family that has come through Abraham. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. So there is a promise and a blessing that's given to Israel, and uh, I'm sorry, to Abram, and God told him what, to, where, what was going to happen, but did you notice that God didn't give him all the details? And a lot of times us, when we experience the mission of Jesus, we want all the, all the details, but if we're just going to want all of the details and just kind of hoping and praying that all of the risk leaves in it, then you're going to be waiting an awful long time. Part of it is Abraham went, even though he had many, many more questions than answers. And here's the awesome thing, is that this blessing that flowed into his life would flow through his life as he went. You guys are pretty quiet. But does that make sense? That the blessings that Abraham received, that as he went, 
That's when those blessings that were uh, in uh, to him went through him and through his life. And I want to say, too, that the same is true for us today, that the blessings of God that come into our life flow through our lives as we go, as, as we leave, as we are engaged in the mission of Jesus. So God is the one who heals. God is the one who blesses. God is the one who saves. God is the one who restores, and God is the one who gives us truth. But you know that he does it through people just like you and just like me every single day all over the world. People just like you and me. I think that it kind of takes the pressure off. That it's God doing these things, right? And we just look and see where God's hand is moving, and then we just put our hands or our lives onto what God is already doing. And I want to tell you, that kind of takes all the pressure off. My, my, my uh, daughter, I tell, she would try to open stuff and all this, and then she'd slip it over to me and, Dad, can you open this? And I would turn it. Dad, did you ever play this game or Grandpa? And you kind of turn it just enough where with a little bit of effort it pops off, right? And you give it back, and the kid goes, oh, oh. Wow, and they just feel so strong. Well, the bottom line is somebody else already took the force, right, and, and undid this thing so it could come out. And God is the same way. He's the one who's doing it through. But so why doesn't it happen in our lives? Where is it? I want to tell you it's because there are barriers in our lives. We are created. We are blessed in that creation. And in that blessing, uh, part of that is a mission. So why doesn't it come so natural? It's because there are Barriers and the ones that God can use to to transform the world are going to be those that can get through the barriers, and we're going to talk about those barriers right now. Abraham, Abraham did it. He left everything. The disciples left everything: their livelihood, a lot of times their families, their homes, not knowing anything about where they were going. Jesus never said, "Hey." Here's an X and a Y coordinate. This is where we're going. Jesus said, here's where we're going, a mission. I am going to make you fishers of people. Right? There was no coordinates. There was no town. There was none of that. It was just he's inviting them to a mission, and, J- and Jesus is inviting us to a mission today, and we just have to work through a few barriers. So you guys want to talk about these? Let's see, because this is where it's really going to happen. So, uh, God uh, blesses nations, and, he, and the blessings flow through people who cross cultural barriers. A lot of time when Abraham was heading out into the land, he was coming up against people that were not anything like him. In fact, a lot of times there was a, a, a racial or a cultural or a, a national difference between those that God was going to extend blessing through and Abraham himself. And this is a good model for us. Peter and Paul, did they talk just to the Jewish people? No, they went out to the Romans, they went out to the Greeks, they went out to the Gentiles. And the same is for us. If you just moved here, I want to tell you, you may have to go to a NASCAR race. It was one of the most uh, eye-opening experiences of my entire life. Nobody wearing surf outfits and flip-flops and 
It, it was wild. Anyway, you might have to go there. You might have to go to the community pool. You might have to uh, eat at a new restaurant. You might have to go beyond exit 36 or go beyond exit 23 uh, and get out and be cross-cultural. And I want to tell you, we've got some perfect opportunities for you to break down some uh, barriers, some walls that exist between uh, socioeconomic status for, for race and, and all of that. One of them is Caterpillar Ministries. It happens in a trailer park not too far from here. It's a double wide that serves 225 kids, and about 220 of those 225 kids are Latino or Hispanic. So just by nature of helping out Caterpillar Ministries, you can be a, a part of that. You can break down those cultural barriers. Uh, Love Life Charlotte, primarily, I want to tell you, it's one of the most integrated ministries and integrated places of Christians on the earth. There's Saturday mornings during the prayer walks. It's unbelievable. Look, at, Go to the website, look at the pictures. You will see that they are breaking cultural barriers down there. Uh, the other thing we serve is, is Justice Ministries. It's an tra anti-trafficking ministry. I want to tell you that if you want to find some people very different uh, than uh, what we have in the room here, you can go there. And I want to tell you that it's, it's vastly different, that, that world and the people that it affects. So there's all sorts of ways that, that we can help you kind of break down those walls. But you just have to be, you just have to be willing. There's people that cross relational barriers. You know, as, as this blessing of God would come, it would come down through Abraham, but actually it would come through his family, and actually that family would become tribes, and that tribe would become a nation, and it was through the nation of Israel that all other nations would be blessed. So we have to work through our own personal stuff so that we can stay in community because that's where Jesus' mission happens best. It happens in community. So Julie and I, we, when we started out, it was two of us going door to door, uh, praying for people, uh, giving them groceries in a, in a trailer park. But pretty soon, there was so many people, we couldn't carry enough groceries in our car. So other people had cars, and other people could get groceries. And all of a sudden, we had this, this thing that just kind of, of grown. And you've, you've seen the same thing. You know, God's given us some capacity not so we can just be increasingly blessed ourselves, although there's going to be some things that are kind of nice, like we have to do less crowd control. But the reason is so that we can focus on the mission of changing lives that change the world. That's the only reason we're moving over there is because that can increase our, uh, that mission and, and help us realize it. So relational blessings. God almost always blesses through a family, through a generation, through a nation, and through a, a people group. And sometimes the biggest step that we can take is said, yes, okay, I didn't really know I had signed up for a mission, but I sort of get it now. The biggest thing that you can do sometimes is just to get into relationship and remain in relationship to work through those things. The next thing is that people that cross worship barriers. Like we have got a Christian way of doing things, but I want to tell you, it doesn't so, you can go and you can pass out 4,000 four spiritual laws tract, and it wouldn't necessarily require that you had encountered God personally in a life-changing way. Jesus' program is that you declare him Lord and Savior of your life. 
You defer to his rule and reign in your, in your life in every aspect of it. And in that, you are forever changed. And in that, you have the gospel program. It's like the, the guy that was healed from his blindness. They wanted to know, who sinned? The religious people did anyway. The other people, they were just thought that was pretty awesome. Religious people wanted to know, well, what, did he do something or did his parents do something? It's like, no, I don't know. We can't figure it out. They asked the parents, well, isn't this the same guy? Yep, that's the same guy. They invite the guy back. Remember? Invite him back. Who is it? Like, tell us what happened. And finally, he just throws his hands up like in front of all these scholars and, and religious leaders says, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is that I encountered the living God. I encountered the Son of God. And my life has never been the same. It was a one-step instant thing. All of life looks different to me now because of this. So we have to, like, watch the way that we have certain worship barriers. It's going to require that, yes, that we encounter Jesus to the, to the degree that it changes us completely. But that's a barrier sometimes because we, we don't want to be changed. Uh, there's some things that we want changed. There's other things that we like to be in control of. We like to hold on to. This is a wholesale letting go, a wholesale surrender. So there's others that have God uses to uh, spread and do his mission through people that have crossed faith barriers. Like I said before, people were called to lay down their nets, to give up their livelihood, leave families sometimes, leave their homes. And where were they going? They just didn't have these certain things. All they had was the guidance of God and they had fellowship every day, and that's Acts chapter 2. And if we look at that and see what happens, I want to tell you, those days were historic. Those days were wild. God added to their number daily. It, it was such a crazy, wild time that, that they had the favor of all of the people. Right? There were no barriers that existed. They, they, they got past the cultural barriers. They were perfectly willing to tell the gospel to anybody and, and love on anybody who needed it. They had worked past all of the, the, uh, the cultural things. They had worked past all of the worship things. And they lived their lives in such a way that, uh, that they just had this open door to all of the community. And we are after the same thing. And the same thing will happen as we engage in, in the mission of Jesus. Laying down our agenda to be transformed so that we can be used by him. So these are all, even though we talk about some of these barriers, they say, well, those are on the outside. That exists over there. That exists here. But I want to tell you, all those barriers are the ones within us. And the ones that are within us are really the tough ones, aren't they? Those are the toughest ones. Which one this morning of these barriers are you willing to cross? Is God like encouraging the Holy Spirit, emboldening you to lay down today so that you can cross this barrier? So here's what I want to do. So let's picture, let's imagine that we're just going about our, our everyday lives. We're just doing life and Jesus walks into the room. Just like the disciples, right? They're just going their day-to-day -day lives. Jesus walks in and says, hey, go ahead and get up and follow me. I've got a mission for you. Where would he take you? Where would he take you? 
This isn't probably something that you're going to answer in the next five seconds, although I'm sure the Holy Spirit is quite capable, and there's probably some that maybe some things have come to mind the whole time we've been talking this morning. Where would he take you? <coughs> if you could get through and defeat fear, where, what parts would he take you to? Someone's home? Would he take you, you imagine him leading him to your computer so you could send an email or try to break the ice or reconcile with somebody? Rather than driving up to a restaurant, would you park the car, walk in, and there's actually like a person on the other side of the counter? And the odds are, even in the Bible Belt, some people have never heard the gospel message of Christ. I'm going to be nice to you. All right, and here's, here's, here's where that, that comes from in, in, in my life. Here's where it comes from in my life. Demonstrate and proclaim uh, the good news. So how do we do this? How does, it, when we ask this question, Jesus, where would you take us? How does the answer come? I want to tell you it comes primarily three ways. There's other ways, but let's just talk primarily three ways. The first way is that it comes through prayer. Jesus, when he wanted to know the mission of God for his life, he had, you know, he had the crowd, he had a small group, he even had his little smaller group than that, his homies, right, the three, but then he would go alone, he would go off alone by himself just so that he could lock into the, the voice of God and he said, I only do what the Father says. So that happens, that's for us, that's called prayer time. Spending time asking God, where do you want me to go, Jesus? What mission do you have? What's my part of, of your mission? The next part is that it comes through thanksgiving. The, the where to go comes through thanksgiving. Well, how does that work? Well, a lot of times we aren't even open to the places and the places that and the people that God wants to take us to because we have fear in our lives. There's a, a great deception. There's a great pretense that sets itself up that says, if I give uh, my of myself, if I give money, that somehow... God can't make it up for me. The, the other thing is like I have joy and peace and comfort. I kind of have my own personal space. And if I let somebody into my personal space, it's going to cost me something uh, that, that God, and, and I'll lose my peace. And God just can't make that up. Jesus can't bring it up. I want to tell you that that is a lie. So this is where Thanksgiving, where we begin to thank him for all the things that he's done. Every time we've taken a risk and, and shown up that he has shown off. And the third one is that it comes from uh, surrender. We've talked a bit about that. Invite him into every part of your life. Invite him into every part of your life. So it's not so much that God, it, Jesus is going to insist on taking you new places, although he might. But more often than not, it's just going to be the things that you're doing uh, in your everyday life lives, like there is opportunity right there for you to share the gospel, to pray for somebody, right, have God move in power, and then for you to say something like, hey, that is the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, I don't know if those would be the exact words, unless you did it in King James English, then they would know it's official. No, you just tell them in your own words. 
I encountered Jesus, and my life has never been the same. Y'all can steal that. You all can use that if that's the truth. That's where the power for this mission uh, happens. That's where it comes in. But it comes through Uh, It comes through invitation. It's really, it comes through surrender, the answer to the question. Because then when you surrender, then you're going to be open to the places. You're going to be open to the things that God has already been setting your everyday life up. Since the day you were born, you've had this thing. Jesus is exacting. He's he's not just extending grace and, and mercy to you for the sake of blessing you, although you are completely. It's so that the whole world could be blessed. And that happens when we surrender. So we're going to worship some, but we're, we're going to pray. And here's what I want to pray. Some of you have felt like this morning as we've been talking that, you know, hey, that there is a, a, a mission for me. Like I haven't fully engaged in the plans and purposes that, that God has for me. For some, it might be the realization like, hey, I, I did sign up for Jesus, but I, I didn't know that I was signing up for the mission. But you know what? I, I am totally on board because Jesus has done awesome things in my life. But I believe Jesus is going to release this uh, a greater understanding. Like we have the mission, it's just a matter of realizing it, right? Of coming from way deep down inside of us somewhere or put into another compartment that now it's the, at the very center of our, our living. So if you would like to just receive mission, I'll tell you what I do. You guys don't have to do this. But usually when I, when I am praying and I am asking and I know that uh, there's, a, there's an openness that God wants me to express, that God needs me, that needs my uh, kind of a, a posture of the heart, so to speak. I just hold my hands out front. I just open my hands and I just ask for this thing. So I just want to encourage you, if you're comfortable with that, just to hold your hands out. If you don't, it doesn't mean that you haven't asked. But this is where we break a faith barrier right here. Yeah, and I want to give you the assurance that this morning God is is going to reward faith. God is going to reward faith. 